you turn your Bibles with us tonight to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 5. Very familiar passage of Scripture to each of you, I'm sure. And no doubt we've all read through this multiple times. We've heard it preached, preached it ourselves. But the Lord's laid a few thoughts on our heart here tonight. And I want to share it with you. I don't intend to be, but just a few moments and we'll be done and we'll go on home. But I want to mind the Lord tonight and trust and hope that you have as well. Ephesians chapter number 5, and we'll begin reading at verse number 13. Ephesians 5 and verse 13. It says this, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. You may be seated. Father, God, we're thankful tonight, Lord, for your precious word. We're thankful tonight, Lord, for your spirit that we felt in abundance here tonight. And Father, we're thankful for the singing. We're thankful for the testimonies. God, we're thankful for your presence that we've felt so real in this place tonight. And Father, we pray, God, that you'd use us. God, that you'd help us. Father, I pray that you'd help us to say everything, Lord, that you want us to say. But to say nothing, Lord, that you don't want us to. God, that you'd receive all glory. You'd receive all praise and honor. God, that your name would be lifted up. God, that you'd be glorified. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd hide us tonight, Lord, that someone would see Jesus. Oh, Father, use us tonight in a special way. Anoint us, Father, from the top of our head, Lord, to the soles of our feet. God, you know, without your anointing, without your spirit, it's of not. God, we're dependent upon you tonight. Lord, if there's one here that has a need, Father, we pray, Lord, before the hour's up, before the doors are shut, God, that you would meet them right where they're at. Give them the help, Lord, that they need. God, help us to learn and help us to grow tonight. We thank you and we praise you. Glorify your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And I want you to notice tonight the latter, uh, the latter verse that we read there in verse number 18. I want to gather our thoughts from that single verse there tonight. It says this in verse number 18, and it says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is ex... Where, wherein is excess but be filled these last few verses of that or words of that verse is what I want to focus on tonight is is simply this but be filled with the spirit and I thought about I was thinking today as we uh, looked over this passage of scripture last night and the Lord started laying these uh, thoughts on our heart and on our mind and I was uh, thinking today that and I believe that every generation can perhaps uh, uh, say this going back from uh, day one right on uh, until now and tomorrow and until time to come. I, but I believe that 
uh, no doubt, I believe that there's ever been a time that we need to be spirit-minded, we need to be spirit-filled, I believe it's today. I believe, I'm convinced today that, uh, I'm I'm, I'm convinced of this, that God's Spirit, I, 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 I know what the Bible tells us, it says that one day that, it says that God's Spirit will not always strive with man. There's coming a time when God is going to withdraw His Spirit from this world, and I, I believe this tonight, I believe that, before that ever happens, you and I, we're going to be out of here as well. But I got to thinking about this, and and you go back and you can see and, and read in the days of, of the apostles when they were establishing the churches all across the land, and, and you see that there were men, men and women saved by the thousands. You can read about it right here in God's Word and see where there were 3,000 saved and 5,000 souls that were saved, and, and, and these people have had died and gone on, and you think about going... Uh, just in our, in, in my own mind, thinking back to just a few years, a few short years back, in the revivals that that we used to have, and how that there would be many. I can remember uh, what uh, maybe it was Kelly that was t- testifying when, when they were saved. Her and Randy were saved. How many weeks that they were in revival, and how many souls that were saved? And I can remember stories and hearing stories about that. That one night they just they met on a Sunday night and just had a wonderful service. And some of them said, "Well, I'm coming back." Monday night and six or seven or eight weeks later they're still going strong and people getting saved every night going back to those times you don't hear about that no longer now what's changed it's not God that's changed the same God that they served yesterday is the same God that we serve today but what's changed hey I believe that God's spirit is slowly lifting up out of here when you think about those old saints that were saved many years ago when we hear about the revivals that were uh, dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, saved during these revivals and now they've died and gone on to heaven. God is slowly drawing His Spirit out of here when these old saints die and move on. But you think about this today, what what the Word is telling us right here, I I believe He's telling us we ought to be Spirit-filled today. You think about that. I believe if there's ever a time that the Christian individual ought to be filled with the Spirit of God, I believe it's today. Hey, I thought about this, and you know, there's more. You know, I, I, believe, I believe as a Christian we ought to have a desire. Now let me just say this, and I, I've, heard, I've heard some preachers say, well, before you can, you can preach on something, you've got to master it, you've got to overcome it. Well, let me just say this, I haven't mastered nothing. Hey, I stand here before you, the, the least among you. How about that? I'm the least among you tonight. And, and, and I can't, I, I would like to say here and, and stand here and tell you that I live a spirit filled life 100% of the time, but I can't say that. But you know what? I've got a desire. Down, there's something that stirs down in my heart. I can't explain it. And every time that the, that the temptation crosses my mind, there's something that says, wait a minute. You know better and and in hopes that we might veer away from it and get away from that temptation. But you know what? There's times that we fall. There's times that we fail. There's times that we get out of the Spirit and we get carnal-minded. We get worldly-minded. And and we allow the flesh to overcome. But we get down. We get beat up. And we'll, we'll allow Satan to have his way with us at times. But you know what? As a Christian, every one of us ought to have a desire to live a spirit-filled life. 
And you know, there is more than to just come into church and, and occupying a place on the pew on a Wednesday night. There's more than to come to church on a Sunday morning and sitting in a pew on a Sunday morning and a Sunday night. Or any given services as we may know it. You know, there's more to that. And I, I believe, and it's one thing, it's one thing to, to live a Christian life in the confinements of these four walls. But then when we get out here in the world, that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where the difference is. When we're faced with these temptations and we're involved with uh, maybe our peers, if you will, you young people that go to the schoolhouses and the things that you hear and the things that you see and how things have progressed. And, and I believe this. I, I believe that sin has progressed worse. The Bible tells us that this world's going to wax worse and worse. Does it not? My goodness, it don't take long to look around and see that, hey, we're there. It, it, it seems like sin is getting worse and worse by the day. And you young people that go to the schoolhouses uh, all around, it, it, I can't imagine what you're faced with and what you see on a daily basis. I, 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 it, it, I wouldn't want to see it. I'll just say it like that. I wouldn't want to see it. wouldn't want to be a part of it. And my heart hurts for you. But you think about, about the being Spirit-filled and, and how important it is. And you know, not, not that we ought to bring glory upon ourselves. It's not, my goodness, it's not me. And it's not you. What, what God said, it's by my Spirit. You think about that tonight and, and how important it is that we ought to live a, a Spirit-filled life and we ought to have a, have a desire to be full of the Holy Ghost of God and be full with the Spirit from the, the top of our head to the, the soles of our feet. And, you know, not, not that we would bring any glory upon ourselves, but in hopes that someone might be able to look at us and see Jesus through us and see Jesus in us and, and realize that, hey, there's something about you. There's something about me that maybe they would have a desire to, to want to be a part of. And, you know, I thought about this. You know, how many of you has ever ever been around someone, maybe it's a singer, maybe it's a preacher, maybe, you know, I've been around some young people that, that you can just tell, you can just tell that they've got God on them. I mean, they're just, they're just filled with the Spirit. I mean, you can tell from the moment that you're around that, that individual, that that person, that, that they, they've got the Spirit of God on them and, and no doubt that they're in contact with God. And I thought about this, you know, there, there's times when we've gone to uh, services, whether it's here or whether it's other places or whether it's just been a, a, a singing service at times and there's been some that, that the, you, you think about some of these uh, professional singers, if you will. Some of these quartets and man, how they got, they got the matching suits on and the matching ties and they got a $300,000 bus sitting out in the parking lot and my goodness, when they open their voices, it's heavenly, is it not? I mean, it's something, it's something to behold. But you know, a lot of times and, and more times than not, if they're not careful, that's, that's more of entertainment and that's more of show. But you know what? There's been those times... And I thought about Wilma Moss there just a little bit ago when she would sit right over there in that second pew back right on the very end and she would stand and sing. Think about how she would stand and, and sing and, and it was like the, the Spirit of God would fall. You know what? She had the touch of God on her and that's what makes the difference, being Spirit-filled. I thought about that song that she sang 
seeing there ain't no grave going to hold this body down. My goodness, you think, and when she would sing that, there was something that would happen in this place. There's a difference. There's a difference. And you, know, you can tell, you, you can absolutely tell when somebody's got the Spirit of God on them. You can tell when somebody's got God on them and, and the difference that it makes. And You know, there was, you, you remember, when you think about these singers and, and how the difference that you can see in someone that's up just for entertainment. They're trying to entertain you and then makes all the difference in the world when someone just stands and sings in the Spirit of God. What a difference it makes. And I also thought as, as, a, as a preacher, as you think about, let, let me just say this, without the touch of God, without the Spirit of God, it, it, the Bible tells us it's as a, a tinkling brass and, and a it, it's as nothing. It's just a bunch of words, but when God's Spirit is in it, there's something that happens. There's something that happens when God's Word is preached in the Spirit and, and how it, it affects uh, your ministry. When you remember in Acts chapter number 4, and I believe it's verse 13, where Peter and John were preaching, and they were preaching boldly. And they were, and, and the Bible says that, that they that they were ignorant and unlearned men. But those people that they were preaching to, it says they took knowledge of them. That they, it says that they marveled at how they spoke because of the Spirit of God that was on them. And the Bible says that they took knowledge of them because they knew that they had been with Jesus. That makes all the difference in the world when someone gets alone with Jesus and they got God on them and. And how that they live a spirit-filled life. And my goodness, you think, I believe today we ought to live and have a desire to live a spirit-filled life. I want you to notice this. There's a couple, two or three things that I want to point out real quick and, and I'll be done. Uh, but I thought about this. I believe first and foremost in order for us to have or live a spirit-filled life, I believe we've got to be converted. Would you agree with me there? Let me just say this. God's not going to give you His Spirit unless you're one of His. And I thought about, about how that, that conversion comes. And, and we've got to be saved. Jesus told Nicodemus, He said, Ye must be born again. We've got to have that regeneration. We've got to have that new birth, the rebirth that takes place on the inside. And when I knelt at an old-fashioned altar on 19, uh, the, August the 8th of 1988, when I knelt, I got the Spirit of God that came and lives on the inside of me. I got everything that I needed that moment when God saved my heart and saved my soul. How He placed His Spirit on the inside. And I thought about, you know, before that conversion can come, before we can be converted, you know what's got to happen? You've got to have conviction. You, you're not going to come on your own. I've heard some say, well, I'll, I'll go on mommy's shirt tail or, or daddy's coat tail. You're not, it's not going to happen like that. Unless we meet the conditions, unless we have a, a broken heart and a contrite spirit, and we come to Him humbly and ask for forgiveness and ask for, for help and repent of our faults and repent of our sins, we're not going to be saved. We've got to have conviction. And I thought about this. You think about how it, what, what has happened to conviction. My goodness, people have not conviction anymore, do they not? I mean, you think about it. 
you think about uh, about how uh, the sin is running rampant and people is not convicted by their sins. You know, the Bible tells us that we're going to get to a place and, and we're going to be turned over to a reprobate mind. And what that means is if we, uh, if we sin and the Holy Spirit tells us and convicts us of it and we keep putting that conviction off, you know what's going to happen? The Bible says that our conscience will be seared and will be turned over to a reprobate mind. You think about how awful that will be if we get to that place. But before the conversion comes, we've got to have, we've got to have a conviction. Be, have our heart. I'll never forget, never forget the first time I ever felt that convicting power in my heart and my life was on that Mother's Day morning of 1988 in May. And how God spoke to my heart. Ten-year-old little boy. God spoke to my heart and I knew instantly it wasn't mommy and daddy speaking to me. But it was God Himself that began to stir, began to speak to my heart, began to convict me and made me to realize even at that age, thank God I was taught from a young age. Thank God mommy and daddy took us to church from day one. And I can remember going back and uh, Danny Moore, I can remember Danny Moore. Some of these names don't mean nothing to you, but they mean something to me. I can remember being in Danny Moore's Sunday uh, school class. I can remember being in Valerie Edwards' Sunday school class. Vivian Lucas, Sandy Moore, I can remember going, and my mommy would teach, I can remember going to them classes just just probably uh, Hunter's age and uh, Brother Evan's age. I can remember going and being taught about Jesus. Then it wasn't long. A few years later, at the age of ten, God came knocking. Conviction hit my heart. And I realized that if I was to die... At that moment, I was lost without Jesus. How He made me to realize that at a young age, and it wasn't long. You've heard the story. I turned and I rejected. I left the church. But it wasn't but about three months later, or four, whatever it was, in August, the first, first of August, August the 8th, how He came knocking again, convicted my heart. He didn't have to come that second time, but thank God He did. Thank God for those second and third and fourth opportunities, Amy. Thank God that He came and spoke to my heart again and called me out again and convicted my heart and made me to realize that I needed Him. And I made my way to that altar and knelt. And Lord saved me that day. Lord saved Conviction's got to come before the conversion can come. And I want you to notice this. Also, I believe before we can ever live a Spirit-filled life, I believe we've got to be committed. Would you agree with me on that? I don't think God is going to honor those that are halfway. Halfway in, halfway out. There's no, as far as I'm concerned, there's no halfway Christians. Either you're in or you're out. There, there's no gray area. Well, I'm, I'm here uh, this moment and there's no, there's no straddling the fence. Either you are or you're not. And how we've got to be committed. We've got to be sold out. And You know, I, I believe Paul, I believe Paul was completely sold out. The Apostle Paul had completely sold out in serving the Lord Jesus. You think about how we've lost commitment and how people, they're, they're not committed no longer to the cause of serving 
serving the Lord. And I thought about this. I believe not only do we need to be converted and be convicted and and be committed, but I thought about this. We ought to be clean. Would you agree with me about that? Boy, that that's that's not common. That's not or not popular. It's not popular to preach holy living. It's not popular to preach clean living. And I thought about this. You know, it, it, you don't. You don't. You don't. Nobody wants to talk about. In other words, they're justifying themselves on the way that they live. And they'll pick and choose from the Word of God. And so I'll, I'll, I'm okay here, but you can forget that one. I'm, not, I'm going to throw that one out. You know, when you do that, you might as well throw the whole thing out. Just get rid of it all. How we got to live a clean life. And You know, I, I got to thinking about, about Jesus. Or if you go back to, to Genesis, probably around chapter 8 or 9, I believe it is, where... The Noah and the great flood and how, how that he sent out the dove. You remember he sent out the dove and, and it wasn't long, it came back. And then he sent it out again and, and it came back with the olive leaf in its, in its mouth and its beak. And then he sent it out the, the third time and how it didn't come back. But I thought about that dove. You know, that dove will not land on anything unclean. And then you think, fast forward with me uh, a few th- thousand years later. And you remember when Jesus was on the Jordan River and John baptized Him there. And the Bible says that the dove ascended from heaven. Now you know what the dove is a representation of? It's the Holy Ghost of God. And how the, the, the Holy Ghost of God ascended on the Lord Jesus that day in the form of a dove. Now you think about that. It's not going to land on anything unclean. Jesus was perfect. Jesus was holy. Jesus was righteous. And you think about that. If we want to live a Spirit-filled life, we've got to live a clean life because God's Spirit is not going to come down and dwell on an unclean person. You think about that. How important it is that we live a clean life. You know, I believe, I believe our actions, you think about this. You, you think about this, young people. And I, I believe that the way that we communicate with our parents matters to God. I believe that. I believe the way we act matters to God. You, you think you think about these kids that uh, they're telling mommy and daddy what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. I don't think God's pleased with that. And you know, I'll just say this to those parents. You know what the parents ought to do? They ought to put their big boy and big girl britches on and take their belt every now, now and then and light the seat of their britches up. That's not popular either. But I'm telling you, God's Word tells us, it says, spare the rod, hateth the child. That's that's harsh. You think about it. That's not my Word, but that's God's Word. How we ought to live live a clean clean life. And I thought about this. I want to read a few verses in, in Psalms. Psalm 51, and also I believe it's in Psalm 24. You'll find in Psalm 20, in 51 first, I want to read. It's kind of skipped around, but there's just three verses here that I want to read. Notice in verse number 2, it says, Wash me. This is a prayer of David. And this is what he says. He says, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. 
And then down in verse number 7, it says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And in verse 10, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And then also in chapter number 24, in verse 3 and 4, it says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in His holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. I believe in order for us to live a spirit-filled life, we've got to live a clean life. We've got to live a, a holy life and a righteous life. You know, God said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. And I know, I know that we're we're still in the flesh. And I know at times we're going to fall, we're going to fail, we're going to get down, we're going to get tempted, we're going to get tried, and we're going to get tripped up and fall at times. It's inevitable. If it hasn't happened yet, let me just warn you, it's going to. It's going to happen. And I dare say that it hadn't happened yet, because more than likely it has. But you think we don't have to lay there and wallow around in it. Thank God we can get up and... God is faithful and just. And you know, there's never been a time when I've messed up. There's never been a time when I've made a mistake and I've gone to Him and He said, Nope, you've done too much. You've gone too far. Forget it. But you know what? He's always been faithful. Always been faithful to clean me up and set me back on that solid, firm foundation. You know, in Ephesians chapter number, number 4, go back just one page with me. In Ephesians chapter number 4. And look in verse number 30. Look what it says. And it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. You know, it's possible for us to grieve the Holy Spirit. And Paul also said over, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 5, and I think it's verse 19, he says, Quench not the Spirit. But you think about, about grieving the Spirit. And I thought, you know, th- there's times in, in my life I can remember going back when maybe you, you, you'll be in one of them, them knock-down, drag-out services when it just, I mean, the Spirit is so real you can just reach out and get a hold of it and you can, you can almost physically see the Spirit moving from individual to individual. But yet there's been times when I've been in services like that and you know what? I've sat and never felt a thing. You think about it. And I thought about this. You know, there's been times and I, I, I simply believe and, and, and going back to, to what I done mentioned, I believe because of, of my communication, because of my conversation, maybe because of something that I've said, maybe because of my actions, maybe because of something that I've done. And it ain't no wonder. It ain't no wonder that we sit in here at times during a Spirit-filled service, but yet everybody around us is crying and the tears are flowing and we're sitting and we can't feel a thing. You think about it. Living clean. We've got to live clean and live holy. I want to read this to you in Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are 
the sons of God. You know, I, I believe if we're truly Spirit-filled Christian, then we're going to be led by the Spirit. We're going to obey the Spirit. We're going to mind the Spirit. And, and at times when the Spirit of God sweeps through this place and it sits right down in your lap and maybe it, it, it's encouraging you to just stand up and just blow the roof off this place with a shout. Or maybe running a lap or two around the church or whatever it may be. Get up and, 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 and shout or sing or testify, whatever it may be. If we're truly living a spirit, and you know what? At those times, it shouldn't matter what anyone else thinks. But you know, I, I, I didn't come to impress no one. I didn't come to get a pat on the back. But I come to mind the Lord. Come to trust Him and come to obey Him and hopes that He would speak to me. There's something special about that. Do you realize that? When we come to the house of God and God begins to move and begins to stir, begins to stir your heart, there's something special about that. My goodness, we should never sit back on that and take those times for granted. He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to come my way. But thank God He did. You think about it. How the billions of people, He singles us out at time to time. Sits right down in our lap. Appreciate those times that the Lord speaks to our heart and moves in our heart. But I thought how important it is that as a Christian individual to live a Spirit-filled life. First of all, we've got to be converted. We've got, we've got to be born again. And I believe we've got to be committed. Sold out no matter what pandemic or not we've got to be faithful to God and then to live a clean life it, it's not always easy and you think about you think about when Jesus went to the disciples and he was going to clean their feet wash their feet he humbled himself and become a servant. And remember when he went to Peter? Remember Peter said, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus told him, he basically told him, he said, unless I wash your feet, you'll have nothing to do with me. And Jesus said, or Peter said, not my feet only, but my, my heads and my head and my hand. He, in other words, he was saying, just wash me all. But Jesus spoke up and he said, they're, they're, you're, you're washed, but there's times when we go out through this life, we might get a little dirty. Might get a little stained here and there. Go through a rough patch at times. Jesus said there was one that wasn't clean. And he was speaking of Judas that would betray him. But how important it is that we live a clean life. A holy life. You know, there's nothing wrong with living holy in 2021. It's contrary to the world. It's contrary to everything that you see out in the world. How important it is that we live a clean life in hopes that we can live a spirit-filled life. Would you stand with us tonight? I 
Jeff and Adam Madison, would you mind coming back and getting us a song of invitation, please? I want to encourage you tonight, church. There's something on your heart, something on your mind. You're burdened with something, you're struggling with something, whatever it may be. Why don't you bring it to the Lord tonight? Maybe, maybe you're, you're living with convictions in your life. God showed you something and God spoke to you about something. Why don't you come talk it over with Him? Why don't you mind Him? Why don't you trust Him? Just come unburden yourself and talk to the Lord tonight. Help yourself.